lots of things that we interact with are, are based on programs, whether it's you know, figuring out how to trade stocks on a stock exchange or whether it's uh, figuring out how to uh, um, control you know, some, uh, some machine or something like this. Um, I think that the, uh, uh, the big issue, the thing one has to realize is that um, uh, in the end, when one sort of uh, one will create kind of um, uh, lots of very intelligent systems that are capable of doing lots of kinds of things, um, the place where the humans will necessarily come in is okay. So this computational system can do is capable of doing all kinds of things. It can automate all kinds of functions. Um, but the question is, what should it choose to do? You know, what should its purpose be? We can have something that has all the sort of intellectual capabilities of a human. Um, but then we still have to ask, well, what should that thing choose to do? Now, uh, you know, if we if we give it some built-in sort of sense of purpose that's uh, really bad for us humans, then we have a problem. Um, but uh, I think the what I suspect will happen is that we will see more and more of a kind of symbiosis between uh, digital systems and humans. And that what will really be going on is that the humans, their main role will be to say, well, what are you trying to achieve? You've got the system that's automated that does lots of very intelligent things, but the human still has to say, uh, what should the overall purpose of what, what's going on be? So I come to my last question. No machine has yet passed the so-called Turing test. What makes it so difficult for us to communicate with machines and the other way around as well? Well, I think the Turing test, you know, what Alan Turing imagined in 1950 when he sort of came up with the Turing test was that this, the, the thing one wanted to achieve, the thing one wanted to, to get to see that a, a, a machine was intelligent was the ability to kind of have a sort of a, uh, an intellectual type discussion with the machine. And I think what he imagined was going to be hard was things like giving the machine enough knowledge, making the machine capable of understanding human language, those kinds of things. We've pretty much solved those problems. Um, the difficulty is if you if you actually connected, you know, you can you can talk to Wolfram Alpha, you know, if you want to. And uh, right now, it's primarily dealing with just single queries rather than the dialogues and conversations. But you know, you can ask it all kinds of questions. You can say, "What do you know about this?" and it'll uh, tell you all kinds of things. Um, actually, what it does appears very non-human because it knows vastly more than any human could possibly know. Um, so, in other words, the, 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 in a sense, we've, we've sort of sidestepped the Turing test. We've got to things that are, in a sense, more capable than humans. They don't have... Humans kind of, um, in some sense, cover up their lack of capability by being much sort of vaguer about lots of things. Um, I don't think it's fundamentally difficult to make... Uh, Uh, to make a system that is sort of vaguer about things and sort of hides its knowledge. But I think that hasn't really been the direction that people have been interested in going. I think also what's happened is that the uh, uh, people, I think, imagined, even until quite recently, that the sort of optimal interface for a computer would be to be like a human. But it turns out that isn't true. People actually prefer to have things presented to them in a more structured way often. You know, if you're or ordering something online. You want to fill out a form. You don't want to have a, a natural language uh, dialogue with, with something. And actually, one of the things that's been really a, an unexpected feature is that because computers and sort of everything associated with computers has displays, it has the ability to, to present information visually, that gives one a completely different degree of freedom about sort of how interaction works as compared to 
what one imagined in the Turing test, but one's dealing with something conversational and, and purely uh, uh, textual in a sense. So I think, I think what's kind of happened is that the world has, in a sense, passed the Turing test by to some extent. Um, so most of the, the, you know, the really strong developments in technology and in, in directions that one might think of as artificial intelligence have tended to go in directions that aren't quite sort of addressing this, this pure textual dialogue. Um, now, of course, somebody should go and, uh, and uh, just for the, um, for the sentimental value, so to speak, uh, somebody should really take uh, what we now can do with Wolfmaffer and, and so on um, and, uh, uh, and, and package it in such a way that we can see it as a, as a conversation, um, just, you know, just for the sentimental value of passing the Turing test. But I, I don't see it, uh, you know, I think it was a very, uh, very important idea in sort of the development of artificial intelligence. I think it's, it's become less important considering the actual way that uh, the computers have developed and the computer-human interfaces have developed.